You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. So guys, this is not only a sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. This is a sequel to Spy Kids. Because Spy Kids 2 The Island of Lost Dreams had Shooter McGavin as the president. And he plays President Neil Anami in this one. Same character. Same character. Plus we have Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Then you have Uncle Machete, who's from the Machete films. Which, you know, once you think about it, those would technically be in the Tarantino universe. And Jackie Brown is connected to Out of Sight. And Out of Sight had a spinoff show of Carla Dugino playing the character that Jennifer Lopez played that later made an appearance in Justified. Holy shit. The entirety of the Tarantino universe is in the kid from Shark Boy and Lava Girl's head. <laughs> I'm Nathan. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. And we're covering We Can Be Heroes, the return of the robert rodriguez cinematic universe they did a spy kids movie i guess in between there uh the first shark boy and lava girl movie was based off of a story by his son who is now producing this because he's now old enough because that movie's fucking old now it's so old george lopez was still super popular at the time dude how crazy would it have been if George Lopez was the villain, like, third act reveal? <laughs> Weren't you waiting for a post credit scene that's kind of like fucking the Avengers, where he turns and he's about to get, like, the Infinity Gauntlet or whatever it is, Mr. <laughs> Electricidad? I gotta introduce everybody. So, hey, yeah, you heard my name. I'm Nathan. I did a TED Talk earlier. Next to me, I got Spider Mike. Howdy, howdy. And underneath me, I got Marcos. What's up? And then to the right, I'm gonna take the work away from Nathan. We have... Elliot. So this isn't as such like a Shark Boy and Lava Girl sequel, as much as it's just like, you know, they are background characters of basically Robert Rodriguez's Spy High. It's the poor, like, public school X-Men house. It's Hey Arnold's X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, the plot is pretty simple. When the aliens from Robert Rodriguez's The Faculty kidnap the Earth's b-list level of superheroes and kind of sound like a motown group the heroics we gotta <laughs> unpack this superhero group because we got boyd holbrook the villain from logan as miracle guy we got fucking pedro pascal who does not get a superhero name suspiciously but is a swordsman named marcus moreno we got sir not appearing in this movie taylor lautner as shark boy hey, he never took off that mask so you don't you don't know that. <laughs> yeah, we just know that it is not Taylor Lautner because he is a 64-year-old man <laughs> yeah, underneath that mask. And then we have Lava Girl, obviously. We have Han from the Fast and Furious movies. And it made me realize how much I missed Fast 9. And then we got uh, American Idol star Haley Reinhardt as Mrs. Vox. But best of all, the person who made me seriously go like, no shit, you're in this movie? Christian Slater as a superhero technological powers called Techno. 
And yeah, they all get taken and their kids have to team up, learn to work together, go to Professora Xavier's school for gifted children for a little bit. How did you guys feel about this movie? I'm sort of just going to go around the room. Child me would have loved the shit out of this movie. Like, adult me really likes the premise of it, because it is, like, it is basically what if Brainiac attacked and the Justice League slash Avengers was, like, defeated. Yeah, I like the premise a lot, because it's, yeah, these kids have to figure out where to where to start where their parents failed. Miserably, I mind you. Like, they fail fucking miserably. <laughs> like, that's, like, you guys were saying that that guy was, like, the worst Superman ever. He gets taken out, like, within, like, ten seconds. It doesn't even do. He does jack shit, but um, but yeah, each kid has like their own specific thing going on, and and Missy is the main kid who's Pedro Pascal's daughter, and she takes charge, and it's it's this like really heartfelt kind of like it's a this kid adventure, and like as if I was a kid and I was watching this, I thought I think it would have been amazing. As an adult, like I see it what it for what it is. It's like those old Spy Kids movies with the whole B movie type graphics to everything. Like, it knows what it is, and it doesn't shy away from the fact that this is a dumb-as-hell movie. <laughs> I agree with most of that, and actually, I remember what I was going to say, which is that this movie is... Uh, I, it's hard to spoil, because I think it kind of gives everything away about a minute and a half in. This is definitely a B-movie, and, and a very kiddie B-movie, and would have been the hottest movie of 2005, and I would have loved it back in 2005 when I was literally 13 this movie is just over an hour and a half and i had to watch it in three parts i'm not like a jaded cinephile guy i, I, I like the marvel movies i'm actually still a pretty big marvel apologist so none of none of that kind of stuff i was also definitely oversold on the pedro pascal i think there's several posters or stills that have his face really prominently and he is once you got mandalorian in there you gotta advertise it it's like channing tatum and kingsman too and this really felt like sky high something that would have ended up on the disney channel it just kind of graded on me and the the acting is all really hammy and it's it's embracing what it is that kind of cheesy b movie this movie is hamming it up a little just a little too much I wanted them to pull that back a little bit. I don't watch a lot, a lot of kids' movies, but this isn't even a kids' movie. This is a preteen movie. We don't get those anymore. There's no Mighty Ducks. There's no Johnny Tsunamis. Like, this might be the only one I know of that's come out in the last two years. Maybe. Because we don't even really get teen movies anymore, either. So this plays to a very specific demographic. Then it, like, throws in all the Robert Rodriguez-isms, which was like, I came into this, like... Not knowing what I signed up for, I just liked the name. We could be heroes, and I was like, done. Then found out what it was. <laughs> it was a was David like... Bowie documentary. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've been on a big Pedro kick of late as well, because he was advertised very heavily. It was weird in the first five minutes. It's like he's just a normal guy, like no accent. He's just like, oh, making you a sandwich. Like it's obvious that he just sort of showed up for an afternoon. Do you want to hang out with Rob Rodriguez and, like, eat some tacos probably for, like, an afternoon? And they're like, sure, put on this body armor. You're a superhero now. He's like, wait, what's happening? And action. He's also right there in the beginning, though. So you kind of go into it thinking, like, oh, is this going to be a father-daughter kind of story going on here? Because, like, the, the very first thing you see of the, of, of the main characters is the two of them making breakfast. And it kind of seems like maybe it's going to be their story. And he just fucks off almost immediately in general i'm really bored by the story of this movie for this moment i'm not even it's not even for me but there's so many side gags that they do that i was like or so many decisions that this movie made that i was like that was pretty cool mostly because it's obviously filmed in austin and i kept playing like oh yeah 
When I saw Frost Tower, I lost my shit. And it, the thing is, it's not even filmed in the middle of Austin. They made a CGI representation of Austin. <laughs> which is pretty kick-ass. I, it I, is kind of neat, yeah. Yeah, I, I went over, I'm like, oh shit, we're not in Toronto anymore. I would have probably been like 11 or 12 when Sharkboy and Lava Girl came out. And it was always like, I dug on the first Spy Kids. Spy Kids 2, they completely lost me. And then I was like, I'm too good for these Robert Rodriguez movies at fucking preteen age. <laughs> so I did a little like revisit watch and watch Sharkboy and Lava Girl. And fuck is that movie bad. Watching this, I didn't mind it as much. Like, it clearly was aimed at that audience, but it felt, I hate to say it, more grounded than Sharkboy and Lava Girl. <laughs> Jesus. Sharkboy and Lava Girl is like, we got candy cane forests and fudge rivers and it's all coming in your face and like the worst CGI you've ever seen and we got a giant CGI George Lopez. So the idea of like people with squid hands behind their back, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't bother me. I found a few of the characters to be very entertaining, mainly just slow-mo. That is a joke to me that it should have gotten old so fast, but towards the end of the movie which i don't think this is a spoiler to say that slow-mo hugs his dad and his dad played by fucking han justice for han from the fast and furious movies is just holding out his hands and like this entire five minute scene plays out before he finally gets to hug his father i recognize exactly who this is made for and i'm sure if this came out years ago i would have liked this a lot if this were released the same year as shark boy and lava girl and i was 11 it's a hard movie to even like critique because it's so designed for its audience and it really doesn't do that much bad except for that ending, which I mean, might as well just be the ending to identity where it's like, oh, this movie doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it is like Elliot said, this giant big budget Disney film or Nickelodeon film, those kinds of things that they would air a lot like in the afternoon, like on a Sunday or something kind of thing. Like, I guarantee if this wasn't a Netflix thing, that's exactly where it would be. Now, mind you, if we all saw this in the Alamo Draft House, I would come by and be like, this movie was so fucking awful. I can't believe I went <laughs> back to a theater for this shit. But no, it being on Netflix really worked. <laughs> That's the thing is this movie, it it knows what it is. Like, every, like it is hammy as hell. These kids clearly, most of them can't act. I'm just oh, going to say that, right? Because they're kids. Like like the, the daughter of Shark Borrow and Lava Girl. I was like, you're adorable enough so I can get past the fact that you're a terrible actor. The, the little kid that ends up playing the bad guy is actually convincing and being menacing for being eight. I'll give him that. I was surprised by that. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say a little more for certain sequences, but it does spoil some stuff. But it still comes down to the power of friendship kind of thing is really what the movie comes down to at the end. The power of friendship, teamwork, yada, yada, yada. But this, my, my issue with this movie, a lot of it comes down to the fact that there isn't enough of, I think, all of the characters. Like it, it focuses on the kids more than it. I feel like it probably should in certain areas. Like, I wish it had more about the how the parents are failing at being heroes kind of thing. Like, it's just sort of hinted at. Like, I wish it would have gone more into, like, their relationship with each other kind of thing. And even more with their kids. Because, like, there's small hints here and there to, like, how they felt about their kids. Especially um, Miracle Guy. Like, it's it's hinted at the fact that he's, like, really worried about his son. Because the fact that his son is, you know, he's in this wheelchair and he can't like really be super heroic like him kind of thing and it's hinted at the fact that he's worried that you know he can't do what what 
he can't be here the way he is kind of thing. It knows what it is, and it's just like, character development, what the fuck are you with? Like, what are you expecting out of this kind of thing? Like, so it's easy to get past kind of, like, but like Nate said, it's really hard to critique because I'm like, I, this is how what I would have done if I made this movie, but at the same time, like, I, I would have been a lot more of a serious movie in certain aspects if I had made a movie like this. Mike, how about you take that into your final thoughts, buddy? This is not made for anybody above the age of, like, 15 kind of thing. And that's, like, a maybe kind of thing. Like, this is very much, like, if you're a parent and you want to, and your kids want to watch something, and you and you don't want to be suffering through Bob the Builder for the 80th time or whatever your kids are up to nowadays because I'm an old man <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I don't know what your kids are watching. Paw Patrol, I guess. Is that still a thing? And, like, yeah, it's it's serviceable. Like, it's, it's if you kind of even like the Spy Kids kinds of movies, you might get a kick out of what's going on in this film. For parents, I would give it, like, a 6 out of 10, but for kids, I think it would be, you know, an 8 out of 10 times, you know, like, their grandma almost beats one of those kids <laughs> kind of thing. I'm just gonna piggyback from that over to Elliot. It's not for me right now. This really would have been a movie for me about 10, 15 years ago. Um, and if this had come in, come out, you know, in the Spy Kids era, I think we, it would still be considered a classic and we would be talking about Robert Rodriguez as sort of, you know, the next big child film director. As it is, this is just a really half-baked, underwritten, crappy-looking, poorly acted Disney movie with a completely deflated ending. And I just wanted to add on, this This movie commits just about every sin you can commit uh, with using your title in the movie. We Can Be Heroes, which is, of course, the famous famous chorus from David Bowie's We Can Be Heroes. So first they just say We Can Be Heroes at some point, kind of a third of the way into the movie. And it's like, okay, all right, you said the title of the movie. And then they actually reference the song. And then they did it a couple more times. So it was like four or five times in the movie is the title referenced or the the song heroes is referenced which every time just pulled this movie down another point for me so i'm gonna give this uh i'm gonna give this a four and a half out of ten lovecraftian squid children (laughs) (laughs) and marco the main problem is that even as a kid i'd be like that ending kind of kills it for me like it really does ruin all the drama of everything beforehand it does everything but short of it's all a dream and none of this matters but i mean this does uh i i think i gotta give it two ratings which is like if you're not nine through 12 you'll probably be like either bored with it or it's not for you then it's like a two but if you're coming home from school and you put that on tv while you're eating cheerios that's like a six out of ten for sure you guys have pretty much summed up all of my thoughts on this movie um something else that kind of just i don't know i liked a few of the kid characters enough despite the fact that they all can't act worth the shit like i don't know there's a kid called noodles who can stretch and his hands look like noodles i'm into it i don't care i could i was a little bit stoned watching this movie i won't lie <laughs> piggybacking on everything you guys said this movie isn't for me but it's for kids and you know i hate giving that caveat because i feel that all movies directed at children should be family movies so everybody can enjoy them and not be like oh my god i'm gonna pull out my hair while i'm next to these insufferable shits on their ipad i'll I'll give this movie about six out of (laughs) ten non-speaking shark boys because they have slowly fused into a shark you don't see his face you don't know i have one last question for you guys so there were two superhero movies of pedro pascal released on christmas day which did you guys prefer 
You know, they both have the same problem of a really unbelievable ending that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. <laughs> you know what? No, no, no. You know what? I'm going to be ballsy and say we can be heroes just because of the scene where they fucked up the Jenga Tower building. If you want your kids to watch a kiddie superhero film, then make them watch Spider-Verse again. Our verdict between Wonder Woman 84 and We Can Be Heroes, watch Spider-Verse. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>